I started um, listening to the podcast, did that, you know, for probably a couple of years before I connected with your investment counselor. She did a great job of kind of holding my hand through the process. I probably one of the, the more needy uh, clients she worked with, but ended up buying my first property in 2011 in Atlanta and then waited a couple, a few more years until my next one, but uh, 2014 purchased in Memphis. And so that's kind of where I am at this point. Welcome to the Creating Wealth Show with Jason Hartman. You're about to learn a new slant on investing, some exciting techniques, and fresh new approaches to the world's most historically proven asset class that will enable you to create more wealth and freedom than you ever thought possible. Jason is a genuine, self-made multimillionaire who's actually been there and done it. He's a successful investor, lender, developer, and entrepreneur who's owned properties in 11 states, had hundreds of of tenants and been involved in thousands of real estate transactions. This program will help you follow in Jason's footsteps on the road to your financial independence day. You really can do it. And now, here's your host, Jason Hartman, with the complete solution for real estate investors. Welcome to episode 1389-1389. I've got Rabbi Evan Moffick, our client here with us. And Evan, you just got a phenomenal deal on a short-term rental property you bought through our network. And I thought I would just ask you to share that. Not only did it appraise for more than expected, but you also got a phenomenal loan on it. Is that correct? Yes, I did, Jason. And I just, I mean, I, I can't, I know we're going to talk about some substantive things, but I can't thank you enough. I would have never known about this deal, found about this deal, had it not been for you. And I actually think this one deal could potentially be life-changing. I mean, I'm getting this beautiful home with a 3.5% interest rate. I, yeah. I can't even, I can't even imagine it myself. Yeah. And, and it's already rented out for months on end. I mean, I, I look at the schedule and it appraised for given that you structured the deal mm -hmm. so that essentially we're financing the furnishings purchase. So the right. furnishings cost about $30,000, but they're included in the purchase price. So mm -hmm. we don't have to lay out cash. And even though the furnishings are included in the purchase price, it's still appraised higher than the purchase price. You, you get the it's maximum incredible. leverage on that. Evan, do you mind if I play a couple of the messages you left me? I was going to do this on the show without you and did ask you if it'd be okay. You said yes. But I think it's better if you're here because you can comment for the listeners on you know what your thoughts were about this property as you were finding out this news. Is that okay? Absolutely. Uh, just want to let you know, just got the appraisal in for my short-term rental in St. Augustine, which I'm so excited about. And appraisal came in at four seventy five. We're paying four sixty nine. Wow! And the genius of how ugh, got cut off again from the phone. The genius <laughs> of how you structure these deals is the four sixty nine price that we pay includes all the furnishings. So essentially, if we assume thirty thousand for the furnishings, I really paid four thirty nine, and the appraisal came in at four seventy five. That's awesome. Well, congratulations, Evan. That is that is just wonderful to hear. <laughs> excellent, excellent. You know, news. and I also want to thank Doug. I mean, Doug, yeah. your, your investment counselor, I mean, he brought this to my attention. You know, it's amazing how investment counselors help you think of things you would never think of. 
Yeah. I mean, it's really and help you see things you would never see. Well, tell us, and tell that, us about that conversation with Doug. I mean, did you originally reach out to us to buy a long-term rental property, and then Doug uh, told you about the short-term rental properties, or you know, what was your original? You obviously listened to the podcast, and then you reached out uh, to us. But d- tell us how that conversation with Doug went down. Well, it was really he. Yes, I was on the list for for long-term properties, and. Doug sent out an email and he had highlighted this property and said, you know, this is a great deal that came across my desk. Take a look at it. I was not looking for short-term rentals. I mean, I'd always had in the back of my head, maybe I'll, you know, eventually get a second home and, you know, I want to live in a warm climate at some point. So I always was thinking about it. But then I saw this and I started reading about it. I said, you know, this checks off all the boxes. It's in a beautiful area. I know the area and it's a perfectly structured for short-term rentals. So essentially I can purchase a second home and have it paid off for me and earn a profit for it at the same time. And and so all of that kind of came together. So really I wasn't looking for one. And then Doug also explained to me how when you work with local market specialists, you urge them to really figure out ways that we can maximize the leverage. Mm-hmm. So that, that that's the way Doug put it. So we're putting the least amount of money out of pocket. And that's not intuitive. That's not intuitive for most people, but it works well for investment property. So all of that, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. It was really getting educated. Dave, Our first Dave, commandment. Dave, Dave Ramsey be damned. Oh, <laughs> he, he doesn't totally. know what he's talking about. No, yeah. I mean, he's great. He's great for people yeah. that are massively in debt. Right. Need help, I agree. You know, he can, that's a blessing. Dave, to help Dave, Dave listen, Dave Ramsey yeah. is great for like the lower middle class. Yes. He really does help those people that get themselves into credit card debt. They, yeah. you know, they spend money on the appearances of wealth, that new car in the right. driveway, as he talks about, you know, and he's great for that. But when it yes. comes to investing, he's just clueless. Like it's so, it's so shameful how bad his advice is. You know, when you have income property being such a wonderful debt friendly asset class and you can use that that really cheap long-term fixed rate debt that you basically get paid to borrow. Now, Evan, let's talk about that for a moment. You know, we've heard a lot in the news about negative interest rates. Yes. Okay. And you locked in on that short-term <laughs> rental property. Not only did you get it appraised for what, what's that 35,000 more than you paid, yeah. right? Essentially. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you're, your appraisal is $35,000 above your purchase price. And again, some appraisals go the opposite way, folks. This is a market where appraisers are really finding it hard because properties in many markets are appreciating quickly and it's hard to find comparables. This I was worried. That, yeah, I was worried. Yeah. My my uh, my mortgage broker was. I was on his case. He was getting annoyed with me, but mm-hmm. it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so that. But then you were excited because you locked in a three point two five percent mortgage. No, three point five. Oh, three point five. Point five. Okay, yeah. three point five. Let's do a little analysis on that for a moment. Okay, the Fed's target inflation rate is two percent. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. and and that is their stated goal to have two percent inflation. Okay, now we all know that the government maligns the numbers through weighting, substitution, and hedonic indexing. Okay, and I've talked about that extensively in the past. Then they have something called the core rate, where they malign again because they basically take out food and energy, saying that food and energy are too volatile. So they shouldn't be used 
in the core rate, when you hear them refer to the core rate or yeah. or what they yeah. call core inflation, okay, that's what they mean. That's stripping out food and energy, okay? So look, there are different CPIs and there's this, that, and the other thing, and there's a lot of ways to slice and dice. But I'll just read you something right from uh, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics right now, okay? Consumer Price Index 2019 year in review. From 2018 to 2019, consumer prices for all items rose 2.3%. Now, this is the official number. We believe it's understated dramatically. Go to shadowstats.com. Look for my episode with the founder of shadowstats.com by going to jasonhartman.com and, and just searching shadowstats in John the search Williams, bar. John Williams, right? John Williams, yeah. yeah. And, and he calculates the real rate of inflation. It's definitely higher than the government says. But whatever. For this discussion, we'll just use the official rate, which is understated, okay? And it's going to make your loan still look awesome, okay? So over that period, food prices increased 1.8%, a start slightly larger percentage increase than the 12-month increase of 1.6% in 2018. Food at home prices, so in other words, versus eating out, I guess, right? Increased 0.7% in 2019, continuing the trend of modest increases, Blah, blah, blah. So basically what they're saying is that the number is 2.3% inflation, the official number. Shadow stats, I haven't checked it lately, but John Williams there at shadowstats.com will probably tell you that the rate of inflation is somewhere around 6 or 7%. I'm just guessing from knowing him. Okay, so you've borrowed the money at 3.5%. Now mm-hmm. your interest, Evan... It's tax deductible, as you know, right? It's the greatest. It, because this is a second home as a short-term rental, okay? And, you know, we mostly have long-term rental properties, but we have, you know, a small amount of short-term rental properties we offer as well. I do want to give my cautionary uh, statement again. Airbnb has yet to go through a recession. It has never seen a recession. It's a young company. This huge boom in short-term rentals, you know, that could be, that could change when we go into a recession, which we eventually But let will. me say something yeah, else about, because yeah. if, if you are, if one of the listeners here is inclined to buy a short-term rental, mm-hmm. you must go through Jason Hartman. You must go, because what I learned in purchasing this property is you know, St. Augustine has a lot of Airbnbs and short-term rentals, but a lot of certain areas are zoned differently. So you may have to pay an HOA. In a certain part, St. Augustine Beach, they only give 100 short-term rental licenses. Right. When you work they with a local market yeah. specialist that you've found, they know exactly where the best returning short-term rentals are with the lowest, in fact, no HOA costs, and where you can easily get it set up in, in a tax-favorite area. So don't just go buy it on your own. I learned that. Oh, yeah. You got got to be very careful because the short-term, you know, cities and homeowners associations attack these things like crazy. So you could be really left holding the bag if you you don't, uh, you know, if you're not careful with where you're buying a short-term rental property, uh, for sure. So look at, You've got long-term rentals in your portfolio. We view yeah. that as the core of anybody's portfolio. Yeah. But hey, you know, we've got some good short-term rentals. So 
uh, go to jasonhartman.com, reach out to your investment counselor, uh, 1-800-HARTMAN, uh, and we'll be happy to help you with long-term rentals or short-term rentals or a mix of both for your portfolio. Mm-hmm. Going back to this, this beautiful mortgage you got, a beautiful, beautiful mortgage, okay? <laughs> like, I sound like Trump. It's a fantastic <laughs> mortgage. It's a beautiful mortgage. That's yeah. that's how he would talk. He's so yeah, he he's so weird <laughs> you know, he in his, his vocal style. But you two point three percent inflation and the interest is tax deductible. So everybody's tax bracket's a little different and they're you know it's based on adjusted gross income, of course, but let's just call someone's tax bracket forty percent. Okay, combined right. state and federal tax bracket of 40%. Okay, so now More if you live in California, yeah, if you live in California, <laughs> you're going to be close to 50%. Okay, <laughs> probably. Yeah. Um, so so here's the deal. Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to take 3.5. This is what I'm doing in my calculator. And I'm going to take times 40%. That is 1.4%. Okay, so in other words, mm-hmm. 1.4 percent of that interest is your deduction. Okay, it's you incredible. get to you get to write that off. And if inflation is 2.3, now I'm going to take 1.4 plus 2.3. This is really heavy math, folks. Keep up with me. <laughs> that is 3.7 percent. Okay. Now you borrowed right. the money at 3.5. Yeah. I want the listeners to realize, Evan, if you never rent that property out, if that property sits vacant, and maybe you just use it for a family vacation once or twice Mm -hmm. a year, and it sits vacant the rest of the time and earns you zero income, it is very likely, okay? I mean, I don't even want to say it's very likely. It's absolutely true. I think I can say that safely, that you are literally getting paid to borrow that money. You're getting paid to borrow. The interest rate is 3.5% and inflation plus tax deduction is 3.7%. Why doesn't everyone invest in income property? This is the question. <laughs> it puzzles me. They don't understand. They don't understand yeah. the absolute beauty of it. It really, yeah. really is incredible. Um, any other thoughts on that? And let's talk about our uh, our friend Bernie Sanders. <laughs> I, I mean, no, my, my main thought is you just got to take action. And I'll tell you, I mean, I got nervous even through the whole process. And, and part of buying a, a new construction which this is, is, you know, it's, it's a long waiting period. Yeah, right. And of course, you know, we're human beings, we get nervous. And I did, there were times I'm like, oh, am I doing a good thing? And, you know, you just have to have a kind of bias for action. And I think I just asked that rhetorical question, why don't more people invest in income property? Because it takes a little bit more thinking outside the oh, box. Definitely. Yeah. You know, your normal retirement plan will just put you into these mutual funds and, you know, so-so investments, whereas you actually have to think for yourself to invest in income property, but the awards are so much better right. that I mean, I really hope that more and more people do it. I mean, we're kind of on a mission to yeah, promote that. We are on a mission. It is the most yeah. historically proven asset class in the world. It's the most tax favored asset class in America. Yeah. It's the most debt favored asset class in America. Yeah. This is yeah. self-liquidating debt. You're basically doing a leveraged buyout. And as you mm-hmm. can see in Evan's example, getting paid to borrow the money. Now, when you add in income to that property, it just gets (laughs) phenomenally better. But even if you never have a a penny of income for three decades, 
you got paid to borrow the money. Oh, <laughs> okay. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and think about it. Let's just do that math. Let's do one more thing with that math, okay? Let's say that the real rate of inflation is <laughs> not 2.3%, but it's 6%. So now I'm doing yeah. 6 plus 1.4. Remember, that was the tax deduction, okay? That is mm -hmm. 7.4, okay, minus... 3.5, which is the interest rate, that means you're getting paid, paid 3.9% to borrow the money. The bank yeah. is paying you every month. Well, the bank, inflation, the government, the IRS is essentially paying you to borrow that money, even if you never earn a stitch of income from it. Right. it it's just right. incredible. You know, that's how you can even justify the way the the Chinese and the Russian investors and the Middle right. Eastern investors from around the world with money park their money in these terrible real estate investments in the U.S. A, a lot of them, I, I was talking about that yesterday on the show, you know, they'll buy a, a crappy high-rise condo and they'll just leave it vacant. And, they, you know, they just look at it as a place to park some money offshore in a safer political environment like the United States. So, it is, yeah. um, it's something you else. You know, I was trying, I was thinking yesterday about why more people don't invest in income property. And I think, I, you know, there are multiple reasons, but one of the key reasons is we are not built to be long-term thinkers. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's in our DNA, you know, that we would save our life in the short term because we didn't know what happened next. You know, we right. could be attacked by a saber-toothed tiger. Right. And it's so much easier when we're surrounded by CNBC and constant, you know, stock market did this, stock market did that. Right. That's how we... No, we think, yeah, we, that's what being exactly. an investor is. You can just write a check to one right. of those firms. It's They make right. it so easy to take your money. Yes. But Wall Street, Wall Street's major job is to separate the middle class from their money. You know, where right. are all the clients' yachts? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so one of your tasks, Jason, and yeah. one of the things the podcast helps us do is to think more long term. Right. You know, I think we can all appreciate how wonderful an investment income property is, but what prevents some people from doing it is this sort of short term focus. So it's mm -hmm. constantly being able to think long term. Right. That's right. Makes a huge and, difference. And, and, and you know, you're very right. As humans, that's not our DNA. You know, no. as, as we evolved over the eons, our point was to survive the day. That's what, that's mm -hmm. how we think is we are just animals. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, our goal is to get something to eat, to get some sleep, right. you know, maybe to have sex, <laughs> to procreate, right. uh, to, sure. to be protected and have shelter. Right. That's essentially right. how we think. And right. beyond that, it takes a lot of intelligence to play the long game. And it takes oh, yes. a lot of delaying of gratification. So let's switch gears because I, I know yeah. you've got to wrap it up and you've yeah. got an appointment, Evan. Let's talk a little bit about Bernie Sanders, okay? <laughs> so uh, you can start. <laughs> You're, you've been thinking about well, him the most. Well, I mean, I, he's the front runner yeah. right now. And look, he's very, he's charismatic, but it, it really, I do think that we need sort of a, an education, a, a kind of reminding people of how wonderful capitalism is. Of course, capitalism has downsides. Every, you know, what, what, they, what, did, Winston Churchill, yeah. what did Winston Churchill say about democracy? It's the worst political form of organization except for everything else. Right, exactly. You know, and I think, you know, capitalism is difficult. And I think, but Bernie is this, I mean, he's, he's almost a, what's the right word? Like a populist who is, who is trying to rub, make people feel miserable yeah. uh, so that, 
he can implement some crazy ideology that's failed everywhere else. And where are the thoughtful Democrats? Where's like, you know, somebody saying this is insane. This is, is insane. Is I'm not, I, I have plenty of people in my congregation, liberal, conservative, but I, I want people who are liberal to say this guy is totally off the rocker. Yeah, he is. He yeah. is He is a delusional old man. Yeah. I do, I must say, I like the fact, though, that Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren are out there because they yes. are drawing some attention to the banksters, the criminal mm-hmm. banksters, and the crooks on Wall Street. And I do like that. I don't think they have the solution, but I no. I, I supported the Occupy Wall Street movement, okay? I and, remember, you yeah. know, most of my friends would, <laughs> you know, they thought, what are you, a nutty liberal or something? No, I'm not. I just like the fact that they are exposing the criminality going on at the highest levels of our our socioeconomic world. It's absolutely pathetic. Now, that same kind of criminality is going on with Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, because, you know, Elizabeth Warren is is wealthy. Uh, Bernie Sanders could be considered wealthy too now. I don't, he has three homes. Yeah, he has three houses. He has a, he has a beautiful yeah. home on Lake Pontchartrain. Yeah. Uh, you know, neither of them are populists, okay? Elizabeth yeah. Warren, I just saw a video of her the other day getting off a beautiful private jet. They're living off the dole of the public's money, okay? It's yeah. your money, folks. Nancy Pelosi is like the biggest offender in the world. I mean, she's Oh, just, she's extreme. Her oh, husband was in private equity, awful. right? I yeah, mean, it was, yeah. 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 yeah, and 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 her abuse use of military aircraft to cart her around, <laughs> and her bar bill. You know, I, I mean, it's just a, the abuses are just beyond the beyond. It's absolutely. But ridiculous. you know, Jason, what what you've said before, and I, you said you're not an optimist, you're not a pessimist, you're an opportunist. Right. And so I think with Bernie, in some ways, let's just assume he wins. Maybe horrible for the future of our country, but some of our investment properties may do very well. There's probably a lot more inflation. I mean, he's going to spend like crazy. And if he forgives student loans, you know, a lot of our tenants probably have student loans. I know mine do. You know, if those are forgiven, you can raise rents or people may want to buy homes. So home prices will rise. I mean, you know, maybe we should look at the bright side. Absolutely. I agree with you. Look at just align your interests with the powers that be. Look, and they're, Evan, they're all spenders. Trump is a spender. Uh, you know, Bush was a spender. Obama's a spender. Bernie's a spender. Elizabeth's a spender. They're all spenders. They're all buying votes to curry favor. And Bernie will spend more. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're all just big spenders. And what does that mean at the end of the day? <laughs> it means more money creation, more right. fake fiat money created mm-hmm. in the world. And before we wrap it up, I'm, I'm looking at a Yahoo Finance article, and we'll put a link to this in the show notes. Of There's an interesting graph here of what Bernie Sanders' big plans will cost. You ready for mm-hmm. this, Evan? <laughs> yeah, I, let's see. I don't it. know if you have it in front of you either, but it's absolutely insane. <laughs> Listeners, are you sitting down and are you realizing how much inflation will occur under a spending program like what Bernie Sanders is proposing? He proposes a total of additional spending, new spending every single year of, get this, $4.93 trillion, with a T, trillion dollars a year, almost $5 trillion a year in new spending. That is right. 
unbelievable. I mean, look, what, what, is, what is our debt up to now? Like $23 trillion or something yes, like that? Yes, Our deficit is about a trillion a year or something like that. You know, we have unfunded obligations over the next 15 years or so, according to Lawrence Kutlikoff, who's been on the show and has probably done the deepest oh, analysis of it. Yeah, yeah, he's been on a few times. And of like $220 trillion, this right. absolutely cannot be paid. But can you imagine if our deficit every year goes from $1 trillion to $6 trillion a year? Yeah. This is every year. Uh, unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, this is insane. Unbelievable. He, he wants yeah. to spend an additional $3.2 trillion on Medicare for all. He wants to spend right. another trillion on the Green New Deal. He wants to wipe out student loan debt and have college for all. Now, the interesting thing is, I don't understand how this number isn't higher because it says $220 billion, but the student loan debt alone is like $1.4 trillion. So I you don't actually expect his numbers to add up. They don't yeah, care about well, the math. Good, it's, it's insane. Good point. Good point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fair I point. mean, it's, as you said, it's so easy to spend other people's money. Right. You know, I see this as a leader when it's not, when it's not your money, you get ah, a trillion here, a trillion there. Yeah. And I mean, this is, why would we expect, I mean, Medicare is amazing. It does great things for people, but there are a lot of problems. I mean, we, what I had an injury recently and I, you know, had was spent a couple nights in the hospital. When I looked at the bill, which fortunately I didn't have to pay most of it. It is absolutely insane. Why don't we do something about those costs rather than just spend more money? I know. It's, it's crazy. And listen, this is no Trump promo, okay? But, right. I mean, give him some credit for what he is doing. It's good. Like this, this yeah. new bill where hospitals have to disclose prices. Like, duh. Why, of course. Why haven't course. we always had that? It's crazy that... You know, they can be so opaque with all this stuff. So that is wonderful news. But Evan, yeah. at the end of the day, look, at we just calculated your loan, how you're getting paid mm -hmm. to borrow on that loan. Mm -hmm. If any kind of spending like Bernie Sanders goes through, this just has inflation written <laughs> all over it, doesn't it? Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, just think back to Roosevelt. I mean, and the, the you know, of course, we had World War Two there. Right. But, you know, the, the inflation since Franklin Roosevelt is what it's like 99. I mean, the, the dollar lost 95 percent of its value. 96. Or something like that. 96, I think. Yeah. 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 It's so, crazy. I mean, absolutely. And, you know, the beautiful thing is I, I would characterize myself as an optimist that America, the you know, we always survive. I'm not worried about the future of our country. But, you know, why would we make there are so many things to look forward to, as you talked about, you know, the technology that's possible in the next 10 years. I mean, why don't we put our best foot forward instead of going back into, you know, programs that never worked in the past? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you you yeah. can't make this stuff up. Like Margaret yeah. Thatcher said, the problem with socialism <laughs> is that eventually you run out of other people's money. That's right. That's <laughs> so, right. All right. That's right. Well, Evan, uh, thank you for joining us today. Listeners, thank you for joining us as well. And until tomorrow, we want to wish you all happy investing. Go check out jasonhartman.com or call us at 1-800-HARTMAN. And Get Evan, educated. It's always, it's always great to have you on the show and, yeah. and to hear from you. And uh, we appreciate this uh, client case study along with a little Bernie Sanders commentary. So, thanks, very good. Jason. All right. Thanks again. 
Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. Be sure to check out the show's specific website and our general website, hartmanmedia.com, for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Remember that guest opinions are their own, and if you require specific legal or tax advice or advice in any other specialized area, please consult an appropriate professional. And we also very much appreciate you reviewing the show. Please go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio or whatever platform you're using and write a review for the show. We would very much appreciate that. And be sure to make it official and subscribe so you do not miss any episodes. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Oh,